Welcome to the Reset Podcast. I'm Liz Tran, an executive coach to founders and CEOs of fast-growing tech companies. And I attribute my success to my spiritual practices, which are rooted in mindfulness and Zen Buddhism. In this podcast, I combine business advice with spiritual lessons to help you lead a courageous, authentic, and fulfilled life. Hi, guys. I am back in New York City, which is really exciting. I spent the last month in Canada, as you guys know, where my husband and I have been renovating a home where he's from. And I took a trip the week before to a little surf town called Tofino, which is so cute and adorable. It's this picturesque town that's on the ocean and it's tiny and the people are so nice. So my husband and I drove about four and a half hours to get there and our friend Amir flew in from Vancouver to meet us. It was so fun. We rented this beautiful house and we put on these crazy thick wetsuits and hoods and gloves and shoes to go into the ocean because it was so cold. But we went in almost every day and we'd come home, sit in the hot tub, sit in the sauna, make meals together. And it was just so fun. So I did not record the podcast that week because I was too busy enjoying myself. (laughs) And I didn't record the podcast on this past Thursday, which is when I would normally would do it because I was flying back to New York City. So here I am, I'm in New York. My dog is back here with me too. My dog was staying with my husband's parents for six months in Canada, but now we are reunited and he's getting adjusted to city life. It's been kind of a crazy adjustment. I live in the Lower East Side of New York and recently my street and a couple streets adjacent have just been totally lit. Everyone is out and about enjoying the summer and I think it kind of freaked my dog out after having six months in this beautiful, bucolic, quiet setting of all greenery and no people. And now he's back in the thick of it. But we're happy. We're just relaxing and getting settled in. Today, I wanted to talk to you guys about this concept that I've been thinking a lot about. It is scarcity versus abundance mindset. Basically, what this means is a lot of us in uncertain and stressful situations default into scarcity mindset. That is the feeling that there isn't enough, that I'm not enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not getting what I need. There aren't enough resources for me. There's not enough time. I don't have enough money. Things are never going to work out the way I want them to. We're going to talk about how to notice when you are in that mindset And to be able to intentionally and proactively shift into an abundance mindset, which is this mindset of gratitude. I am so much. I'm so capable. Things will work out. Everything will turn out exactly as it's supposed to. This topic is personally incredibly relevant for me because I recently had a pretty dramatic disappointment. We went to Canada for a month, anticipating that we would be able to live in our new home. And we got there and it turns out that the house was not livable. It wasn't ready for us. 
We had to do a two-week quarantine, even though we are both double vaccinated. We also had to take this crazy journey so that we could avoid the mandatory three-day hotel stay in Canada. So essentially, if you travel into Canada by air, you have to go directly to a hotel that is chosen by the government. You pay for it. It's actually quite expensive. It can be $1,000 a person for your stay. And you can't leave your room except for predetermined times. We wanted to avoid that. So we flew into Seattle, then flew into Bellingham, which is in Washington, and then took an Uber to the border and then walked across the border by foot, got picked up by a friend. That friend took us to the rental car center, rented a car, got on a ferry, took the ferry to Victoria, and then finally arrived. The whole thing took about 19 or 20 hours. So already I'm feeling annoyed because I had to take this massive trip. Then I had to rent a pretty expensive Airbnb last minute. And then we had to rent a car. And so the costs are adding up and we get out of quarantine and it's apparent to us that the house still isn't ready for us to live in. And actually it won't be ready at all during the month that we're in Canada. I got so frustrated. I started crying and my mindset shifted dramatically, not just into, okay, this is sad and this is disappointing, but it went to the extreme where I felt like it was just symbolic that nothing ever turns out the way I want it to. Nothing ever goes my way. Why can't I ever get what I want? Why is life so hard? Just when I'm getting into a good groove and flow after doing all this fertility treatment stuff, then my whole life is derailed again because we need to figure out where we're living and it's impossible to work when we're staying with my husband's parents and blah, blah, blah. So I had this entire downward negative spiral feeling like this sad thing that happened that we can't live in our house and this whole trip was for nothing. Okay, that sucks, but it's not so, so dramatic. But my mindset shifted into this feeling that I never get what I want. And this is just another example of how I never get what I want. I can't get pregnant. I never get what I want. Now that this house isn't happening, I never get what I want. And it all piled up and I felt so overwhelmed. I said to my husband, I never get what I want. Why is life always messing up right when things feel like they're finally okay. And he said, that's not true. You have so much. You have me, you have family, you have reset. (laughs) You have so much good in your life. It's totally snapped me out of it. Not to say that the situation still wasn't annoying, but I could shift out of that scarcity mindset. I felt really proud of myself that I could recognize that I was in scarcity mindset and make that shift because for years, the majority of my life, I lived in scarcity mindset and didn't even realize it. I always thought that people were out to get me and that I couldn't trust anyone, that things weren't going to turn out the way I wanted them to, so I should set my expectations lower. This is particularly in regards to relationships both friendships and romantic relationships. The first time I ever was told about abundance mindset was in 2015. I spent a month in Bali and I wound up meeting this guy named Ben. Ben owned this incredible vegan raw food cafe in Abud in Bali. And 
And he also had a yoga studio above the cafe. And it was the type of yoga that I had studied in India, Ashtanga yoga. So I went there to practice. And then he and I just struck up some friendly conversation. We wound up developing a friendship, which was really nice. So we hung out for the next few days that I was in Abud. He had had this crazy childhood. Basically, his mom was 14 years old when she gave birth to him. So she was super young. He essentially was raised by someone who was still a child herself. She passed away when he was, I believe, nine. He went on to go live with his grandparents, and that wasn't the best relationship. He had had a hard time. Things didn't seem to really break his way. For instance, he almost made it to the Olympics, but he wound up really hurting himself right before he could qualify. Here's this person who I was looking at now who is so successful, living his passion for raw food and yoga, an entrepreneur. He started this massively successful business as well as a raw food training academy. I was totally in awe of him. And when he told me this story, about his childhood, I started to tear up and I said, I can't believe that you made it here from there. That's incredible. Completely, genuinely, he said, you know, I actually think that where I come from is what enabled me to be who I am today. It's all part of my journey. And while my story is sad, it's not who I am. It's a part of my past, but that doesn't control my future. And then I asked him, like, how have you done this? How have you created this powerful business and been able to be your authentic self and make it work, right? Do what you love and make it work. And he said, you know what, Liz? I realized a few years ago that what you believe in your mind is exactly the same as what happens in reality. And that's not to say that you can control the course of life's events, But rather, what you pay attention to is what comes to life. So if you're paying attention to all the negative things that always happen to you, if you have a scarcity mindset, you'll start to invite those into your life. You'll see them, you'll expect them, they'll happen. But if you focus on the good and what you already have, then that just magnifies that goodness even more. And a really great example of this in my own life was always in how I chose relationships. I had grown up with very poor role modeling for my mom and her long slate of boyfriends who were all trouble. And I didn't really know that someone can love you unconditionally just for who you are. I always thought relationships are meant to be hard. You're supposed to fight. It's normal. A person shouldn't respect you or it's okay if he doesn't sometimes as long as he says that he loves you. You know, I had all of this baggage that created this very low expectation that I had for anyone I dated. And as a result, I dated all these people who had an avoidant attachment style, who weren't able to fully be in the relationship and weren't able to meet my needs and give me what I needed. And because I had a scarcity mindset, I didn't think that I could do better than that. I didn't think that I deserved better than that. So I kept choosing these people who were really horrible to me in relationships sometimes. And of course, there was love there at other moments. But generally, I felt really, really separate from the person I was with. Like there was this chasm between us and I just couldn't broach it because they were not ready to connect emotionally. 
Then I went to therapy and I started to learn my worth. I really focused on loving myself, building back up my self-esteem after a pretty traumatic relationship. And then I met my husband and he really loves me and he's emotionally available and we have a true partnership. But originally when I met him, I almost couldn't quite let myself love him because I still had some scarcity mindset. I kept looking for all the things that were quote unquote wrong with him. And I remember I was complaining to my therapist about something that transpired between us where I was annoyed at a suggestion he made for reset for my business that I was starting. And I was really sensitive about it because it was so new and just this precious idea. And I felt like he wasn't supportive of me and he was criticizing me but he really wasn't. And he apologized profusely. He was so supportive of me in many, many other ways. He spent so much of his time helping me, supporting my dreams. And my therapist straight up said to me, Liz, do not get into this pattern again. Don't push away this amazing person because you expect this relationship to fail. Don't push him away because you're not used to being treated this well. And it really hit me. Usually my therapist wasn't so prescriptive. (laughs) She never was that strong-willed in telling me what I should and I shouldn't do. And so this hit me like a ton of bricks. And I basically thought to myself, wow, she's right. I have to snap myself out of this scarcity mindset that I've had my entire life when it comes to relationships. Scarcity mindset isn't just about relationships. It can apply to everything, right? It can apply to what the situation is at your workplace, right? It can apply to your friendships. One of my clients was talking about how they were hiring a bunch of people, but they're trapped in scarcity mindset because they keep thinking that if they don't hire this person who's kind of like so-so and not so passionate about the company, that they're going to miss out and there won't be any other candidates after that, right? Because the hiring market is kind of tough right now in tech. And so the scarcity mindset is creating the situation where my client is hiring people who aren't a great fit for the role because they're so worried that there's no one else that they'll be able to find. So I wanted to invite you guys to look through your own life and to think about if there are any areas where you tend to turn to scarcity mindset or are currently in scarcity mindset. Ask yourself if you've had any of these thoughts recently about any topic in your life. Have you thought, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough talent or ability. Have you thought, I'm unlucky. Bad things always happen to me. I never get what I want. I'm always looking out for other people and they're not looking out for me. People never help me. I always help them. I don't get what I really want in this life. If you're having these thoughts, you might be in a scarcity mindset loop right now. I'll also share a video in the show notes that you can watch. It does a really great job explaining when you can feel the difference of being in scarcity or abundance mindset. They actually refer to it as under the line or below the line for scarcity mindset and above the line for abundance mindset, but you'll get a sense for it just from watching the video. And so what do you do about it? How do you shift? Well, I always start with making a gratitude list. And honestly, that 
helps a ton. I basically remind myself of all the good things that are going on in my life, all the things that have worked out for me. I basically try to negate all these pessimistic thoughts I'm having by showing myself evidence of the opposite. So for instance, this thought that was on repeat in my mind was nothing ever works out the way I wanted to. So I thought to myself, what are some examples of things working out the way I wanted them to? And it wound up being actually a pretty long list. And some things were really simple, like my dog is great. I picked out a dog. I got a really wonderful dog with a great temperament who loves me. All the investment of time that I put into making sure that I picked the right breed and did the right training, it really turned out. Also, reset. We had some ups and downs, but reset has really worked out. This podcast has really worked out. My relationship is great. We get to stay in our apartment for at least another year because our landlords are extending the lease. I have a farmer's market that popped up right by my house just when I was looking for some place near me to get some organic produce, local produce. And so there are a lot of little things where, you know, I had been neglecting seeing them. I hadn't seen them because I was so focused on collecting evidence of everything that wasn't going well in my life. So again, to summarize this tip, think about what it is that keeps spiraling around in your mind, write it down, then write the opposite of it and show yourself all the evidence that that toxic belief isn't true. And I'll give another example of this process in action. I have a lot of scarcity around time. I feel like time is running out, that I'm behind, that I haven't published a book yet and I wanted to have one published by the time I was 35. And I think a lot of this feeling that we are behind, that we are moving too slowly through life, or that we haven't accomplished what we wanted to by now is not from us. (laughs) I think it comes from society and from really stupid things like Forbes 30 under 30, where we celebrate people for massive achievements fairly early on in their careers. And while that, of course, should be celebrated, so should the other things. So should perseverance and resilience over decades. I often think about some of my very favorite creators who got their starts later than their 30s. An example, one of my favorite examples is the amazing Maya Angelou. She didn't actually publish her first book, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings, until she was 41. She was 41 years old when she published that book. And she went on to win a Pulitzer Prize. She won a Tony Award. She won three Grammys. She served on two presidential committees and she got the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2011. In total, Maya Angelou received more than 50 honorary degrees. Another example of people who achieved later in life was Julia Child, who is probably the most famous cooking personality in all of time. And she was known for bringing French food to America, but she didn't even try French food until she was 36 years old. She hosted her first show when she was 51. 
The point is that rationally, I know that I have plenty of time, that I'm in a great place in my career, but that scarcity mindset kicks in and I feel like I haven't done enough. I'm running out of time. I'm a failure, even though I know it isn't true. And so what's been really helpful for me is to take that statement of, I need to have a book published by the time I'm 35 in order to be a success and to go back and look at those examples, to look at Maya Angelou, to look at Julia Child, to find all these other powerful women who have followed their passions and their dreams. And sometimes that's taken them later in life. I think because they had a lot of great living to do before then. Take a look into this for yourself. And then when you identify where it is that you feel like you're in scarcity mindset, start to channel and to step into what it would feel like to be in abundance mindset. So what does that mean? When you are in scarcity, you feel stuck, you feel trapped, and you feel like you don't have any options. When you're in abundance, you see hope, you see possibility. You feel like you may not be in control of the situation, but you can make choices for yourself to help solve the problem. When you're in scarcity, you're not really looking for solutions. You're looking to blame someone. This isn't my fault. This always happens to me. This person is bringing me down in abundance mindset. Instead of focusing on blaming or denying or excuses, then you actually take responsibility and you seek solutions, right? You hold yourself accountable and you try to find better ways to do things. The difference here is how you respond to the event, right? We will always have events happening to us that are out of our control and that we wish didn't happen. Sometimes these events happen every day, riding the subway, an interaction at work that you didn't really agree with the way it was handled. And the question is, are we going to show up with scarcity and to block ourselves from coming to solutions, or are we going to move into abundance and try to be proactive in finding a solution? And this is not to say that abundance mindset is all roses and butterflies and gemstones like, la la la, everything is perfect. I don't have to change anything. Life is good. I'm going to accept this terrible treatment that's happening to me. I'm going to pretend that this really awful thing is really wonderful. And that's not what I'm saying. Abundance isn't about spiritual bypassing. Abundance is not about pretending that things that are not okay are okay. Abundance mindset is seeing things clearly for how they are. They might be very bad and you can acknowledge that. You can live in that. You can take that in. But at the end of the day, you are able to see possibilities and choices for yourself within whatever terrible debacle you happen to have been placed in. You're at least able to take responsibility, to feel accountable, to find better ways, and ultimately to take action. What did I do when I was feeling really stuck about the situation with the house and not being able to move into it. At first, I definitely did blame. I blamed my husband. I blamed the contractors. I blamed global supply chain issues. I blamed a lot of people. And where I made that shift was realizing that no one was out to hurt me and no one was out to get me. I made some choices for myself. 
I could have known that the house probably wouldn't have been ready, right? I didn't have to take everyone's word for it. I could have made that decision myself. I could have communicated more clearly with my husband's parents about the situation. I could have communicated more clearly with him about it. And then I chose to take action, which was I decided to leave Canada early. I decided to fly out a week before my husband and to focus on making a comfortable work environment and home environment here for me in New York in our apartment so that I could feel productive and happy again. And I've just been enjoying myself since then. I've been giving myself the freedom to sleep and be messy in the apartment and just really enjoy myself because finally after a month, I finally, finally, finally have my own space to myself. So finding ways to make yourself happy. I didn't pretend like it wasn't happening. I didn't pretend that I wasn't annoyed, but I allowed myself to see choices and to take action. Just think about where you are today, what you can change about your mindset. I am going to include in the show notes some links to books and resources and videos that have really helped me as I've been navigating this. And I think it's really worked. I mean, I've been working on this for years, which sounds like a really long time, but it's not. I always think that we're working on ourselves and that work is really valuable. And I feel like I'm in a great place. In 2015, when I talked to that guy from Bali who I met, when he was talking about being grateful for his childhood, I was thinking to myself, what? How could anyone ever be grateful for that? And over the years, I've also really struggled with feeling grateful for my upbringing. I've had therapists in the past who have said, well, Liz, can't you see all the gifts that you have because of the obstacles that you faced when you were young? And I always said to them, well, I don't really care about those gifts. I would rather trade those gifts just to have a normal life with normal parents who loved me to have not felt what it meant to be hungry and impoverished and desperate when I was young to not have my childhood ripped away from me because of the way my mom raised me. I would trade every single one of my quote unquote gifts to just feel some love and some normalcy. And I felt that way for years. You know, I think it was fair, but it was also a little bit of scarcity mindset. And these days I'm leaning into this idea that I love my life and that I wouldn't have traded it for anything. And were there really terrible, awful times that no child should ever experience? Definitely. I would never want any child We never want my children to go through that, but I can definitely see where I built character and where there was value. And then I've also chose to make different choices with my life, to not accept that the direction I was headed was the fate of my existence. So this is all to say, even if you don't feel like you're quite always in abundance mindset, that is okay. That is great. We are all naturally always going to shift back into scarcity mindset. It's how we're programmed as humans. And the art form is not in never, ever, ever being in scarcity mindset, but rather being able to acknowledge when it's happening, to see it coming, and then to make that shift once you're in it. And that is so powerful. That is the best that we can ever expect. So don't be hard on yourself if you feel like you've been stuck in scarcity mindset a bit. It is completely, completely normal, especially as we come out of this crazy global pandemic where a lot of us rightfully were in scarcity mindset. You know, the situation was really dire. 
life and death, right? People are really struggling. So it's okay. And just notice when you are, see if you can pull yourself out while also still acknowledging the true pain that you're feeling. Thank you guys so much for listening. As I always say at the end of every episode, do not forget to love yourself, to listen to yourself, and to say yes to life so life can say yes to you. I hope you make it an amazing week. There's a really cool full moon happening on Thursday. So please, please, please enjoy that. And lastly, please review and rate the podcast if you like it and find it valuable. It really helps me and it also helps other people discover it via whatever algorithm Spotify and iTunes use. So thanks again and I'll see you guys next week.